when your customer's coming to you, having that conversation, they've probably already done about 60% of the work. So they already know that they either want to buy from you or have a conversation. You're listening to B2B Revenue Acceleration, a podcast dedicated to helping software executives stay on the cutting edge of sales and marketing in their industry. Let's get into the show. Hi, welcome to B2B Revenue Acceleration. My name is Aurélien Mottier, and I'm here today with Dagmar Morside from Pioneer. How are you doing today, Dagmar? Wonderful, Aurélien. Thanks very much for the opportunity to speak to you and to everybody today. That's a pleasure. That's a pleasure. So today, the topic that we wanted to discuss with you, Dagmar, is really around aligning your content with your go-to-market strategy. But before we dive into the details, before we, we start sharing best practices and all that, it would be fantastic if you can share a little bit more about yourself as mm-hmm. well as your role within Pioneer and, and what, what the company does. So it'd be very useful to give us a little bit of background as to who you are, what you do, and who you work for, basically. Yeah, absolutely. No problem at all. So I've been operating within business development and uh, marketing for over 15 years now. That's both at a domestic level when I was working in Canada, as well as internationally. And I focus on setting and executing business strategy. I've been involved within the healthcare space, marketing, tech, and technology, working with enterprise clients primarily, but I've also had a lot of exposure to the small and medium enterprises. And so I recently found myself with an opportunity to join Payoneer. They're a fintech organization. It's essentially an innovative cross-border payment company that helps businesses of all sizes. So whether they be merchants or large organizations like Airbnb, it helps them all over the world pay and get paid. So it's pretty wonderful. And we connect about six different verticals. So it's a great thing that I'm doing here. And I'm working as a head of partnership, basically to spread the word and to help the businesses in the ecosystem to grow their business, develop their grow-to-market strategy, and primarily leveraging content. Excellent. Excellent. Well, that sounds sounds fantastic. I mean, I will have to look at Pioneer in a a little bit more detail myself, because as you know, we've got operation on both sides of the Atlantic, and Mm -hmm. uh, it'd be interesting to see how we could, uh, sometimes we struggle to transfer money. It's not as easy as as, as we would like to think. But thanks for that, Dagmar. No problem. I know that part of your expertise and you know the conversation that you and I had in the past when we had the, the opportunity to meet, your passion, your expertise is really around working on the go-to-market strategy, mm-hmm. particularly for vendors who are looking at growing and expanding. Okay, so we know that inbound marketing and a, and a, and a strong content strategy is, is certainly key and needs planning and alignment with the overall market strategy. Could you please share your thoughts? on why this alignment is so important? Yeah, well, I, I really noticed this from, you know, having worked in the sales area, you know, dealing with customers, but then also having that experience uh, in marketing and actually building out strategies. What I noticed is that those two departments tend to be quite siloed in organizations. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're both sides of the, the same coin. So the different sides, sorry, of the same coin, meaning that you might be measured on different things, but at the end of the day, it's all about customer acquisition and retention. Um, and if you don't have that alignment from understanding who your customer is, where they are, and then effectively why they want to do business with you, then you're losing a lot of data. And as we know, there's so many strategies now in terms of digital coming in that really means that when your customer's coming to you, 
having that conversation, they've probably already done about 60% of the work. So they already know that they either want to buy from you and have a conversation, but you need to build that relationship and help them during their research period. And that's where understanding what marketing needs to deliver to those customers based on feedback from your frontline sales force. And then also your sales force being supported by doing that, let's say, heavy lifting initially to get those people interested is really where the alignment is quite critical. That makes sense. So, so it's, it's really, yeah, it's, it's, it's almost like an orchestra. You need to have uh, everybody to play at the same time. Obviously, everybody does have a different uh, kind of instrument that they're playing with. But it's about, if you want to get the symphony, you need to have everybody playing their part uh, uh, to, to, to get the music all together. So in terms of, the, in, in term of the, that whole planning, and, and if we were mm-hmm. to break down the planning of a content strategy, uh, uh, particularly when you are building your go-to-market, mm-hmm. what would be, from your perspective, the steps to follow and to take into consideration? Yeah, so you really do need to understand, uh, you know, what is your unique selling proposition? You know, what do you want to offer? You can't be 10 things and, and try to service an entire market. You know, there's a population phrase now called niching down. If you decide that you're going to go for that one vertical, focus on that, do it well, understand your customer, and then expand out to your additional verticals where you see opportunities. Don't try to do everything at once because your message will become diluted. So in my experience, the steps would be to really understand the customer. And it's very easy to create what you call like a customer avatar, which is a representation of your ideal client. Who are they? You know, even from the age they are to what kind of company, what kind of material do they like to read? So you can get a voice. So once marketing is creating content, you're putting together email campaigns, you're speaking them into in the language, you're putting yourself on platforms where they're likely to find your information. So that's step one is really build out that customer avatar and then create the awareness on those platforms. So we know a lot about social So LinkedIn, for instance, is a great B2B platform, really underutilized. And it's not just about paying to play, meaning doing the advertising. Now, that will get you a lot of reach, of course, but you have to figure out what your budget is. And maybe you want to see what you can get organically. That means just by getting, you know, putting a post on your profile or writing a blog that you can now do in LinkedIn and see how many people share that. And once you start being uh, creating that awareness about who you are, then you want to make sure that you get them off of that platform and onto your website. So that's the next step. Don't completely, you know, put all of your eggs in one basket and think, okay, LinkedIn, Twitter, like these are the ways I'm going to acquire. They're just ways to create the awareness. We had uh, we had a client that we probably met a few a few weeks ago now. Yeah, and. One of the big stuff was speaking about how much engagement they had through social. And yeah. they, have, they have a ton of likes, they have a ton of followers, they've got mm-hmm. a ton of retweet, they've got uh, lots of people following their blogs. I mean, this is quite incredible. The problem mm-hmm. they've got, and I think that's, that's the point that you're just about to approach, is that conversion. I mean, Absolutely. I, I, I would love to have 10,000 followers or a million followers on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook, but what's the point if none of those guys are actually people who can buy your stuff because at the end of the day let's face it sales marketing we're all in the same boat we need to create pipeline we need to create revenue we need to we need to convert customers in well we need to convert prospects into customers shall i say so 
Absolutely. Yeah. No, you're you're completely right. And that's the the problem initially. I think organizations are getting better at it. And so what you discussed, you know, the likes, the shares, those things are called vanity metrics. Those were things that at the, the beginning of digital and social, everybody was looking at. But then they realized, well, actually, that doesn't convert just because somebody's following you on a page or, you know, they're one of your fans. Maybe they're not the people you should be paying attention to. So the people who are responding, the people who are now going, clicking on that link that you've shared that brings them back to your website, where they decide to download a piece of that content that you've given the little teaser in on your social posts, that's the person you want to focus on. And if you have a thousand followers and and 10 of them are going to be converting your sales, that's what you have to be working on is how many more people can you can, you know, do the same things that you did with those initial 10 people and replicate that across those thousand because yeah, at the end of the day, you're going to waste your time. And then the ROI just isn't there. You're, you're, you're paying for a person's time to post and be online. You might as well bring them through the funnel and get them to the point where they're ready for a sale. Absolutely. I mean, and it's extremely time consuming. I don't think when we speak about content, we, we, we try to build content for ourselves. I mean, look at what we're doing right now. It, it is a yeah. form of content. It's, it's time consuming. We enjoy doing it. But it is mm-hmm. time consuming. So it's important to make sure that you can value the time that you've invested and get some sort of return around it. So, you know, the return could be creating a community. It doesn't need to be linked to revenue straight away. But I, I do agree with you that there is a need for value because having followers for followers, having people liking or, you know, engagement for no, nothing, it, it doesn't really make sense, really. Yeah. And I think the other important thing that I've certainly noticed, especially when you speak to, you know, you're more your senior stakeholders, your board members, and you say content and, you know, they really don't understand what that means. So content means you might be doing a blog post, but it could also be what we used to call a, a, a white paper. It could be, as you say, this podcast, it could be doing a YouTube and content is really your engine. You know, it's the engine of your website. It's other than that, if you don't have this content, that's dynamic and you're constantly updating it and you're actually looking at the analytics behind your website in terms of what people are looking at, why they're looking at it. And actually, if you get them into your email sequence as well, I mean, that's the, that's another form of conversion. Absolutely. If, if you're finding your content is not actually doing anything, then you need to change that. And that's why it's very important to have Google Analytics set up behind your website and be monitoring that. Look at it every week, you know, have somebody there that's dedicated to kind of see the peaks and the, and, and the falls. And then you can just swap something around. Another really great way is to get a guest post. So look at somebody in your ecosystem that's very aligned to what you're doing, maybe has the same audience, but you're not in competition and post on each other's website and then have a link back to each other's website because you're now in front of their audience and vice versa. And then also, you get a better Google ranking because Google is seeing that other people are posting stuff about you, you know, that you have a link to your website. So you get a much better quality score at the end of the day. So think about your content, make it relevant, plan and measure it. That's wonderful. So on the measurement piece. So yes, I am myself the, the, the CEO of Operatics. Obviously, I've got people working for me in sales, marketing and operation. Operation, sales, I find it pretty straightforward to measure people. It's very straightforward yes. because you do a sale or you know you deliver something for a client. So this, this is this is straightforward. Sometimes it's a bit complex, but I think you know with years of experience you you, you find a formula. 
is there any specific best practices that you could share with us around around what's in, what you need to look at first of all maybe in the measurement and I think you you covered already some of it in in your previous answer but mm-hmm. uh, most importantly do, do you have any like best practices in terms of what conversion rate should be expected and I know that it will vary from one one company to another so it may be a very difficult question to answer but I'd like to get your thoughts on that in terms of what what best practices are from your perspective. That is very difficult to say because it's all going to be based on how, you know, your market and, you know, how you've built your audience. You know, for instance, if you're doing an email campaign, you know, anything from 10% to like 25% could be a good open rate, right? And it's also, if you look at, if you have five people and that's your open rate, well, that's very different to having, you know, a huge list of, you know, maybe... 20,000 and that's your open rate. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say that, you know, what you want to do is look at the industry and try to benchmark yourself against that. But, you know, even if you say, okay, listen, I, I, I've benchmarked it and I'm going to do a 10%. So maybe, you know, everybody that comes to my website, you know, I want 10% to sign up, you know, leave their details, maybe sign up to my website, download something. So I get their email. Yeah. And then when I get their email, it means that they've given me permission you know, ideally now we have GDPR. We have to be very conscious about that. So that is something that you need to get permission from. So, I mean, it's a very good way to start to, you know, really validate your email list. But, you know, so like I said, if we get 10% from your website signing up to your email list, then it's really good to be able to start tracking the measurement from your emails, meaning like the open rate or, you know, who has come back and said that they want to have a conversation or who has requested some additional information. So, you know, that can, you know, I've spoken to somebody in the financial industry and they get open rates of 25 to 30 percent. But then I've worked with an organization in the SaaS and technology, you know, very early stage organization. You know, we were probably getting about that, you know, 5% open rate in the beginning. And then every month you just try to build up and build it up. And it's all about, you know, changing what you say in the, in the email. You know, sometimes uh, they show that people like images or maybe like videos, but, you know, it can't look too canned. It can't look like it's just something that, there's no thought to very general. You can also look at the people in your email list and segment them based on some of the information that you might have, like maybe company turnover or job title. How you speak to CEO is going to be very different to how you speak to a middle manager. So maybe that's the first test that you do. Have different, you know, slightly tweak the language and measure the difference in terms of the response. Is it mostly your middle managers coming back to you or is it, is it your senior people? You know, so yeah. that's a good way to then decide, okay, what strategy do I need to have? And maybe you know that the middle manager is the one who are doing all of the initial research and gathering, and then they're going to bring in the CEO. But then I've had the same situation where the CEO has been so excited by the information they have because it fits right into a strategy that they're planning that we had no idea they were even planning, and they contacted me directly. So it really is about just understanding who your audience is and trust trying to be as personalized as possible. And then looking at each campaign and seeing what was the impact and what, what really resonated and keep doing the same of that. Absolutely. No, I think this is, this is making a lot of sense to us because we, we do a, a lot of it. We do a lot of marketing. We do, we do it for us. We do it for our clients. Yes. Uh, we, we, we look at open rate. If we don't have a good open rate, we'll probably look at the title of the email or 
the title of the ad or the title of the first thing that people see, basically. Okay, that's the, the because opening means that you've got you open you open a box if it's a nice box if it's not you know, exactly it, it, it means you have a good subject line, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And then the conversion, it's really around the content. And, yeah. you know, what we found fascinating is that we, we, we've been spending lots of time in the past putting some very nice HTML content. I'm, I'm talking about mm-hmm. email here yeah, because obviously there's yeah. different part, you know, content, but just for the most basic, which is the email, it's actually having a simple content. It's having a, a, a content that is simple, bullet pointed, potentially a message that is from someone to someone. You don't have that thing about, you know, a click here to open in your browser. So something that is very simple, that feels personal. And, and I think that's, that's what people tend to respond the best, at least for what we do and at least for our own campaigns. But I do appreciate that when we speak about measuring, I think we, we, we could speak almost about measuring in, in our position, measuring sales and measuring operation. When it comes to marketing, it's more about tracking results. Because what we also realize, we realize that someone will come back to us through the website from a chat mm-hmm. from an article that was written last year. But yes. they were doing a research, that article popped up from my LinkedIn profile or someone else's LinkedIn profile, and they decide to get in touch through the web- website rather than LinkedIn. So it's quite interesting to see the journey because the journey is, is, is you need to track it and, and, and yeah, to, to, to have the measurement, it's, it, it's quite a lot of work, just that measurement piece. Yeah. And what you mentioned is it's really valuable, actually. Once you start to invest in the campaign into this content, people think, oh, this is the cost of it. Oh, what am I going to do? I want to see something right away. I mean, it's all about patience. You're probably, as you say, you know, you're you're waiting about three months to to six months for traction because you have to think about how many eyes is that going to cross. And maybe somebody sees it, but they have they don't have the decision or the need right now. But the great thing about content is, you know, there's the ability to make it evergreen, meaning that, you know, it's going to be timeless, really. So you can create something today and then repurpose it, you know, next year, just update it. Or a lot of people have their things like I um, podcasts, like this will probably last for, you know, many months, still be relevant, as well mm-hmm. as, you know, you think about YouTube, that type of stuff. Somebody's looking at, you know, the, the latest microphone. And so they go to an unboxing video. And I mean, it's from three, four years ago. But it's still there. It's still bringing people to that individual. So that's the thing is your content, the cost is not just that upfront cost. You have to think about the value over time. And you're really creating almost like a, a filing cabinet of like all your best works. I, I completely agree. And if it's the way the way I talk about it with, with my team. And obviously, we, we've, we put this podcast together. So that we are in, you are part of our content strategy, I guess, <laughs> Dagmar today. Yeah. But uh-huh. I, I see. I see two main reasons why content is important from, from my very high-level perspective. The first one is potentially acquisition of new customers. So someone come across, for example, this podcast, yeah. and would think, "Well, that's interesting. Maybe listen to another one," and and kind of think, "Well, okay. Well, this guy seems to be involved with lots of people. That, you know, is, is that sort leadership type of experience that you want to give them? Speaking about topics that is subject matter." And, yes. and people almost kind of profile you as thought leader. They may not have mm-hmm. a need to use your services now to engage with you now to engage to, with the people we do the podcast with, but maybe in six months' time they will come back. So that's number one is acquisition. Mm-hmm. Number two is also to accelerate the conversion. I was really surprised, but we meet with lots of prospects, and those prospects don't know that we do the podcast. They don't know that we do articles. They don't know that we, we actually spend quite a fair, mm-hmm. of time, a fair amount of time, shall I say, to 
to speak about what we see in the market, how we feel about the market and share best practices. But when you start the sales cycle with, with a prospect and they start to look at you and they check you up online or their mm -hmm. CEO will go and check you up online. I think having a fair amount of content available there in the right format, give them that confidence of engaging with you potentially. So I think it's maybe not a, a tool for acquisition. I think it's also a tool for accelerating a sales cycle potentially. And we've seen it, we, we've seen our content strategy being successful in, in doing both. But again, the tracking is, is our bugbear. The tracking is, is what we find very difficult. And we've got a lady in marketing that does a fantastic job at it, but, but it's complex. So I appreciate what you are, what you are going through a minute ago. Dagmar, so, so we spoke a lot about the content strategy and mm -hmm. the steps to take, the go-to-market plan. And I think we mainly kind of covered the acquisition about how yes. do you go out there and speak about yourself. Well, what I'd like to, to get your thoughts around now is really around, do you see content helping in increasing customer retention rate? I, I absolutely do. When you look at, you know, we, we call this, there's a funnel, a marketing funnel, you know, it's basically like an inverted triangle. So at the top, you know, that will be your awareness. But then right when you start to get to the, you know, the, 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 the tip where the salesperson comes in and converts them, and now they're a customer, well, hey, now the funnel flips upside down and you still need to do the onboarding, validate their decision that they've made the right call working with you as a supplier or as a partner and the information that you're providing. So remember, now they're at a different stage. So things that you are adding to their day to help them be successful, and it might just be around the industry, not even necessarily related to your product or your service, but you become that credible source of information because you understand, as I was saying, that ecosystem or the things that interconnect with what they need. And they will be very happy to have that source or that channel with you. So I think it's absolutely critical. And you get even more information from your customers because you then have an account manager that's talking to them. Sometimes you can do joint things together. And so they're actually helping populate your content. So absolutely what you said around thought leadership, credibility. And another thing I've seen it very good for is when it comes up to renewing any kind of business, it helps them to build their business case. It's all about what is that shareable content? It's so hard to share a tech spec or product brochure. And you're trying to show a bunch of stakeholders, you know, or your board. These are the reasons why we need to continue to work with these people. But people like stories. So if your content tells a story about, it could even be a use case or a case study of, of this was a challenge, this is what we did to approach it with our solution, and this was the outcome, that will be excellent for your customer. You're going to help them be more successful in selling that solution internally. So mm -hmm. do invest at acquisition stage as well as retention stage. Absolutely. Okay. Well, that's really interesting. And, and again, coming back to the point that I was formulating later, I think you also helped to get clients involved. So have you seen involving clients in your content a good technique also to increase loyalty, increase customer retention? Yes. Yeah, so there can be, you know, a couple ways. Sometimes it's um, it's about brand building and, you know, both sides are very happy with that because it, you, you can reach a wider audience. Sometimes it might be a commercial agreement where there's some type of, you know, affiliate referral scheme tied to it. So mm -hmm. it can happen in any form, but definitely if you're working with high profile customer and you know, you're a high profile supplier to them, 
you want, this is how you elevate and get that relationship to the next step. Even if it's something like a, a joint press release or they're talking about doing an interview of how you help them. I mean, we can see that social proof, and this is where we look at reviews that happen in the sort of B2C space. That's very relevant for a B2B. So if somebody that another organization has decided to partner with you and publicly working on a piece of content with you, then other organizations will really see that as a sign of, okay, you guys are okay, because it's not just you saying it, it's their peers in the industry saying it about you as well. So that's also a very good strategy. But make sure your values are aligned, because you don't want to have, you know, sort of egg on your face if you decide to write something you're advocating, and then you find, you know, you find you're really not aligned on, on some things. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's, that's very useful. Well, Again, Dagmar, thank you very much for that and, and sharing your, your opinion, point of view, and best practices on, on, on the subject matter. I obviously really enjoyed the, the conversation today. There's a few points that will take away myself and put in place, actually. Some, some of the, the elements that you discussed were very interesting. Um, now, obviously, if, if any of our listeners would like to get in touch with you and, and pursue that conversation mm -hmm. and engage with you directly, what would be the best way to get in touch with you, Dagmar? Yeah, so my email would be the best the best route. And so that is my first name, D-A-G-M-A-R-M-O at payoneer.com. And that's spelled P-A-Y-O-N-E-E-R. Perfect. Well, thank you very much, Dagmar. Once again, the input that you shared today was very valuable. It was great to have you on the show and we hope to have you soon again. Oh, thanks ever so much. It's It's a brilliant topic. And I think what you guys are doing are really valuable and, you know, continued success uh, in, in going global and helping your clients to do the same. Absolutely. Well, thank you very much for the encouragement. Operatics has redefined the meaning of revenue generation for technology companies worldwide. While the traditional concepts of building and managing inside sales teams in-house has existed for many years, companies are struggling with a lack of focus, agility, and scale required in today's fast and complex world of enterprise technology sales. See how Operatics can help your company accelerate pipeline at operatics.net. You've been listening to B2B Revenue Acceleration. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.